our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Sticky Money Mondays, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation you're in, whether your ex owes you money, your friend is asking you to fork out for her wedding, or your flatmate just keeps stealing your oat milk. We are ready to give you our unsolicited, unfiltered advice. You're joined today by retired nice girl Sim, and with me is expert mean friend Sonia, the friend who tells you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Let's get started. Dear Sim and Sonia, first, I really love your podcast and I can't wait to read your book. Sonia, I love this listener already. My manager is a new manager who I'm actually worried would kill me in the job because of his lack of knowledge. I have watched him shut a tree-free breaker, sparks flew, the breaker tripped again. He shut it again and there was a small fire until the breaker tripped again. His management style also does not fit well with my personality. And lastly, this job is exactly like the military and I hate it. I got out of the military because I hated it so much. I am not being challenged at work. I have been here for six months and I'm honestly just miserable, but I'm trying to stick it out because I will not be without my degree in summer of 2024. My monthly expenses, my wants and my needs are less than 50% of my after tax after retirement fund. I have five months of income in my emergency fund. I've only just started my investing journey. I have $750 in my brokerage account. I have about 1,750 additional cash flow as a disabled veteran. I am worried about quitting because my job relocated me here and I would have to pay the relocation check back if I leave before a year at the job. I want to quit. The little things at my job bother me and I can feel myself slipping back into the hateful person I was in the military in 2020. I don't want to be that person again. Please help. Oh, this is a really deep one. Yeah, I feel like there's so many layers. A few people have wrote to us where they ask us, should they quit their job or should they like stick it out? And it's usually... A pretty clear answer, but I feel like you could go one of two ways. What are your initial thoughts? It's the exact same as you. It's so hard because in my head, I'm like, nothing to me is worse than being in a job than you hate and 
feeling like you're tired. Like it's one thing to be like, oh no, I hate my job. But like, all I have to do is gain the courage to leave. I think it's another thing to be like, oh my God, I hate my job. But if I leave, I now have to pay X amount of money back, like from the signing bonus, or I have to pay the relocation fees in this person's case. She hasn't mentioned how much the relocation fees are, but you know, most relocation fees that are of a standard amount are around $5,000. So let's just say that's how much she has to pay back. That's hard. I hate that feeling. But we also don't realize like our jobs are things that we do for 40 hours. Like you can't do something you hate every single day. And I also think just acknowledging that it's not always such a black and white decision for most people. Like it's a massive privilege to be able to be in a place where you do have an emergency fund like this person does, where you have started, you know, your investing journey and you feel like you're, you know, somewhat financially literate, but you still grapple with, you know, relocation costs and, you know, the feelings of being set back when you you know, are making such good progression. There's so much, it's just mentally exhausting, like figuring out what the right decision is. And then it's honestly about pulling the trigger, but let's, I guess, take it layer by layer instead of just going straight to the solution. Being in a job that you hate, thoughts. (laughs) This is my feeling. I have been in a job where I have been so micromanaged and to the point where In the three months, you know how in New Zealand you have a job and you can like do it for three months and within that three-month period, you can leave and your employer can let you go without reason. (laughs) By the end of three months, she was like, I'm so sorry, but like you don't suit this place. And I was like, that's fine. I've cried on the floor like three times in this retail job. Like I'm I'm ready to go to. But it wasn't until I left that job where I was like, wow, this is so freeing. I'm so much happier. I don't get like super nervous knots in my stomach every time. Like I can't drive past that mall anymore without like feeling something. And so to me, it's like, it's easier said than done. But once you're done, whether you pull the trigger or the trigger's pulled for you, it's crazy. But have you ever experienced that? I have, but I feel like not as dramatic as you. I think I always start off with like rose-tinted glasses and like I'm just so enamored by the people that I'm meeting and I can only go off my experiences, right? And then you get towards the end of like your experience there or you're there for a few years and you kind of realize a few things and then you reflect and you say, hold on a minute, what am I doing with my life? And for me, it's not as like I've had bad experiences is sure with my previous jobs but for me it's just that dissatisfaction that you feel of like oh my god I'm not making an impact what have you been doing for the past like year and then those thoughts just like I spiral from there so yeah I think for me like things build up and they happen but it hasn't been in like the most conventionally mean way if that makes sense, like an outright, like micromanager sure I experienced that in retail, but I was like so young and I enjoyed the people that I worked with that it kind of like balanced that out as well. Also with this person, like it's a life or death situation. I don't know anything about sparks or breakers or like small fires under breakers. So I can't comment on that, but to me it sounds scary. And I believe you, if you say you might die, she might die. And the fact that you're not in the military thinking that you're back in the military again. I feel like that just says it all about this person's management style. 
I guess sometimes people like to argue like the reality of working is that there are of course going to be parts of a job that you like and don't like. I guess it's kind of understanding what your tolerance is. What are some red flags that you think are just like non-negotiable for everyone? I literally go by my gut. If someone makes my gut feeling go, ooh, that's a little bit funny, whether it's like an actual feeling in my gut, whether it like actually churns or whether it's just like an odd feeling, I go by that. And sometimes that looks like someone going, oh my God, perfect. And they hire you so quickly without like any questions, any background information. They're so desperate to have just someone on their team. I think that's a red flag in itself. And I've ignored that red flag and then ended up in situations being like, oh, this is why they struggle to find anyone. But I think it comes down to someone not taking on feedback because someone might be acting a way that they think is normal and up to this point in their life, which may be so surprising up to this point in their life, maybe no one's ever told them like, hey, when you talk to me like that, it's actually really condescending. And if they go, oh, okay, like I had no idea, let me do something about it. I think that's a green flag. But if they tell you that, you know, it's in your head or like you need to toughen up or that you need to change as opposed to their management style, that's a red flag for me. And that's within certain contexts that you can't change a lot of things about people. But if they're not willing to like learn how you work and adapt their management style to you as an individual, they're not being a good manager in my point of view. What about you though? Because Guys, Sonia has a lot of managerial experience and I really, when this story came out, I really wanted to hear her thoughts on this. I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of like management styles and feedbacks. I only learned about all of this when I entered my first corporate job, when it is like your first job. And I don't know if this is this person's first job outside of the military, but I think you do learn a lot when through those bad experiences and you get to understand like what is okay, what is not okay, what can I tolerate, what I can't tolerate. And I think that experience, not abuse, like this person, and like not life or death situations, like this person is clearly going through it. But a red flag for me is like feedback when it impacts people's lives. So this person right here is a huge red flag. Micromanagement is also a huge red flag because it shows lack of trust on the manager's part in you. And it's kind of like, you've hired me to do something. Why are you being so aggressive with it? I think some types of micromanagement, if like your employee says that that's how I like to learn for a few months or three months or six months, then you can set that plan up with your employee in terms of accountability. So it's it's not micromanagement. That's literally a plan that you've created with them. I think in general, like aggressive micromanagement is a red flag. I think just the feeling that you get being at work Like, I think unpacking that is super important in terms of, am I just miserable with my life (laughs) or am I like really hating this role and hating my day to day? And I don't see impact. I don't see purpose. I think we're seeing a lot of change in the workforce where people are putting less emphasis on work to bring them so much purpose. They can find that through other avenues. So people can still feel a certain level of fulfillment at work they don't care if they're making like the biggest impact in like the entire world or not. They just need a paycheck. The overarching red flags are, yeah, some levels of micromanagement, the feeling that you get 
when you're at work, like more negative feelings and how you feel leaving work. And then when you have to go back to work again, how are you feeling? But this person actually has like five months of income in an emergency fund. Like how do you evaluate when it's time to use that, you know? I would say there would be certain sentences or phrases that are used. For example, in this situation, I feel like I'm in the military again. I hate my job. I am just honestly miserable. I want to quit. When those words are written in an email to us or said to your friends, those I think like your these are your thoughts and feelings. Listen to them. Like these are not things that you're making up. Like no one For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. One should be gaslighting you into thinking like, oh, you know, it will get better because you're six months in, you've given it a shot. I think six months is a long time to assess if you just have odd feelings or if like it's really not the right workplace for you. This is my opinion. Bite the bullet, use your emergency fund to pay back the relocation fees and quit your job. You don't have to pay that relocation fee as a lump sum. I don't think most employers expect people to have $5,000 just sitting in their bank account. Work out a plan with them. Say, hey, I'd love to pay it back maybe $200 a month. And that can let you take the stress of this relocation fee and spread it. And then you could relocate back. I feel like relocation probably also has had some impact on your experience being in a new city with new people, maybe being away from your support system. That doesn't make a hard job any easier. If you feel yourself slipping back into the hate-filled person you were, staying in this job is not going to fix it. This manager is not going to change. The location's not going to get suddenly brighter and happier. And you're still just going to be in the exact same position that you are. And at the end of the day, if you have the money, like Sonia said, when do you use it? I think this is the perfect example of, oh my God, I'm in an emergency. I hate my job and I want to leave, but I have this relocation fee use the fund. That's my two cents. I think a lot of the time people feel so guilty using their emergency fund, but I'm like, babes, this is exactly what it's there for. People like to see, I guess, the justifications of using your emergency fund as like those dental bills or health bills or like vet bills, like things that 
like, to be honest, mental health is never prioritized. We're doing a great job of talking about it now, but I feel like your mental health, you're so self-aware now that you feel yourself slipping and becoming the person that you were a few years ago who you weren't a fan of. Like, why would you continue down the path of, I guess, that trajectory of self-sabotage and just being just not a great person? Because, when you're not a great person, you feel that way at work. It's likely to go into other areas of your life, like when you go home, how you are as a friend, how you are as a partner, how you are as a pet owner, how you are as like so many different things, how you are, you know, are you a Karen at the supermarket? There's just so many things that impact it. And so I think if you are, yeah, using those really strong phrases that you mentioned in your letter to us and also you've kind of got the grace of this emergency fund like I would bite the bullet as well and just working out what that payback looks like because also you've been there for a few months you've been there for five months it's not like you've been there for a week or two weeks and you're like nah this isn't for me because even I guess time is interesting people always say just give it a year or like give it two years but that is a very long time like five months out of your life and you've been feeling like that that's crazy that is too long and you're right I didn't even think about that it absolutely spills into the rest of your life and you're probably going to make everyone around you even your dog miserable and that's a no-go I agree quit your job take the money get out of there you will thank us and let us know what happens we actually love to hear because this is someone's real life situation this is what someone is literally going through in her or his day to day so send it through let us know how you go if you listening have a sticky money situation that you're in and you want our unsolicited unfiltered and frankly unhinged advice then let us know email us at hello at girlsthatinvest.com or send us a dm and you may just be featured in next week's episode And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.